This is a Media Lab podcast. What would you do to save the future? Welcome to Explore, a fiction anthology podcast that transports listeners to worlds that mirror our own. My name is Andrew G. Cooper, and I'll be your host. You're about to listen to Episode 7, Master Ugam's Blessing by Dale Lee Kwong. A Chinese mystic reveals a fairy tale from across the sea and a story closer to home. Explore is a site-specific podcast series, and this episode is a walking tour. How does it work? You should start listening to this episode at the Fu Lions in Tsinglok Park in the Chinatown district of downtown Calgary. From there, follow the instructions you hear throughout the episode. Not in Calgary? Don't worry. You can still listen to the podcast whenever and wherever you like. For our braver local souls, you can find the directions and the locations for the tour in the show notes or on our website. If you haven't already, we recommend you download the episode, grab your headphones, and head out into the city. Ready to set off? Explore your world. Experience lore. Hello, dear listener. My name is Dale Lee Kwong, and thank you for joining me by the Foo Lions of Sinlock Park in Calgary. I've been hosting Chinatown walking tours every summer for several years now, but of course the pandemic put the kibosh on that. Thanks to Jupiter Theatre for helping me find a workaround solution. I am especially excited for the special guests that will be joining us. Not only will we learn the history of Calgary's Chinatown, we will also have a glimpse of the future. We have a lot of ground to cover, so let's start. First, begin by facing the Foo Lions. See the path between them? Use it to walk straight ahead toward the river. Our first destination is the viewing area with Asian-style red railings. Red is considered a lucky color in Chinese culture because it scares off evil spirits. Beside you on your left is the waterfront condo development. On paper, it's officially considered part of Chinatown, but that's another story. There are a few obligatory Chinese architectural features, such as the mirrored dragon gate and red highlights on the fence posts. Be careful when you cross the pathway, and if you prefer, there is seating close to most of our stops. Please feel free to pause the podcast at any time. We all walk at different paces, and you may wish to stay longer somewhere. Don't worry if you're a little bit ahead or behind the route. To gauge yourself, Each stop will start with a sound marker like this. You should be at our first stop, the viewing station by the Bow River. Thanks to future advancements in quantum mechanics and wormholes, it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to you our special guest and storyteller, Master Ugam. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, listeners, for your time and attention. This story is not about me. It's a story of Master Ugam's blessing. Once upon a time, so many moons ago, the Bow River was not a river, but an ocean. Across that ocean was a country named China. 
looked to those hills in the distance across from us. On a hillside just like that in China, there lived a mystic named Master Ugam. In those hills was Master Ugam's home, a magical rock cave. It had light and warmth from a fire that never went out. Inside it ran a spring stream that watered the luscious garden. Close your eyes and listen closely for the river. Hear that? It's as peaceful here as it was in his cave. Farmable land was scarce, so the Chinese cut terraces into the hillside. This maximized the land for their short growing season. It was a hard life working the farm terraces from dawn to dusk. Few people owned their own land or the meager shacks they lived in nearby. There were high rents to pay to greedy landlords. Unbeknownst to the people, Master Ugam protected them for centuries. He gave them good weather for their crops, good health, and many other blessings. Nobody knew where he came from or where he went. Nobody knew about his magical powers. Nobody knew he was immortal, meaning he would live forever. It seems like everything is fine in our story, but you know something is coming, right? Let's turn around and face Sinlock Park. See the stairs between the benches? Just a few steps, really. Let's take them to our next stop, the Dragon and Phoenix Sculpture. The first Chinese came to Canada on a ship that put down on the West Coast. They returned to China with glorious tales of riches abroad. Other Chinese follow their trail. Some return, and others die trying. Soon the land became known as Gold Mountain, a place of promise for the poor. Those who stayed planted trees for future generations to enjoy the shade. Around this time, Master Ugam fell in love with a woman in the village. It was not a light decision to marry her, but love is more powerful than magic. They married, and soon his wife became pregnant and delivered twins, a boy and a girl. On that day, the ocean between China and Canada became smaller and smaller. Eventually, the ocean would become the Bow River. They named the girl Yin, and the boy was named Yang. They were the same, but opposite. You can imagine that. If one was hot, the other was cold. Everyone agreed they complemented each other. Nobody could imagine one without the other. Together, there was a balance about them. Yin and Yang were gifted with their father's compassion. They also possessed his wisdom and resourcefulness. When the children are barely teenagers, their mother falls seriously ill. Despite many efforts, not even Master Ugam can save her. With diminished powers, he realizes his mortality. He literally gave his life to his children, but now he doesn't have the power to save the woman he loves. Just as the ocean grows smaller each day, Master Ugam realizes his time on Earth is closing too. What will become of Yin Yang and Master Ugam? Turn away from the river and take the curvy path to our next stop, 
When you come to the pedestrian roundabout, take a left and follow to the semicircle of benches by a dedication board. Stop there. Before the Bow Ocean completely transforms into the Bow River, it remains swift and wide and deep. It is still a long and dangerous journey to cross to the other side. Feudal lords and foreign invaders surround the villages with war. Years of drought and poor crops take their toll. Desperate villagers pool their money to sponsor young men from the village to travel abroad and make way for others to follow. Gold Mountain came at a high cost. Many die on the difficult journey, yet the opportunities were still better than the options at home. Young men continued to take the risk with hopes they could be one of the few able to send money back home. Turn back towards the river and walk straight ahead. You can't help but notice the 15-ton granite sculpture aptly titled In Search of Gold Mountain. I invite you to explore this area. Look closer at the sculpture. You will see industries the Chinese worked in, plus cultural traditions they brought to Canada, like acupuncture, herbal medicine, barbecued meats, and other treats. The lives of early Chinese pioneers are honored on the memorial plaques. See if you can find the one my Uncle Larry bought for his parents. The candy apple man was my aunt's father. He sold candied crab apples at his store in Bridgeland. How many untold stories lie behind these plaques? The Chinese found work in coal mines, logging camps, and canning factories. Many worked building the railroad. Paid half the wage of others, they were given the most dangerous tasks. Many do not live to see the completion of the railroad, built on their sweat and blood. In spite of the hard life he chooses for them, Master Ugam calls for his children sit with him. My children, the stream is but a trickle now, and the fire in the cave flickers. Soon I will no longer be able to provide for you. You must make your way to Gold Mountain. You have always been a double blessing to your mother and myself. I am sorry I have little to send you with but these tattered rags. Let me rinse them first in the stream. These silk scarves will keep you cool in summer and warm in winter. Each is decorated with half a swirl. One swirl is white, the other is black. In the middle, each swirl has a dot of the opposite color. Together they form a harmonious and balanced circle. In your honor, this symbol will be known as yin and yang, a perfect shape of harmony, the same, but different. Sometimes in life you must risk something valuable for the unknown. Take this pair of bamboo chopsticks that are now precious jade. When you get to the river, you must each throw one into the raging waters. It will turn into a long wooden bridge for you to cross to a place called Calgary. When you get there, find the Order of Ugam. 
It is a secret society where people from our area are obliged to help you. Share with them the proverb. Why send ki lok? It means being charitable gives great happiness. Live an honorable life. I promise to forever watch over you. Even when I am no longer here on earth, you will know my presence by the full lions you see. They are protectors. They are always in pairs, a male and female. The female protects the people. The male protects the places of the people. I will be there through good and bad for you and your generations. I will wipe your tears when you are sad and hold your hand when you celebrate. My precious, precious children, I love you both. Miss Yin and Master Yang follow their father's instructions. The order of Ugam helps them find work, room, and board. Due to the completion of the National Railroad, there is less need for cheap labor, so Chinese are forbidden from certain industries. All that is left are jobs Canadians do not want. Miss Yin and Master Yang find employment in the Chinese community. Their pay is even less than working for the Canadians. Miss Yin learns English at the Chinese mission and translates letters and documents. Master Yang soon becomes manager of the Chinese market. His people skills are second only to his sisters. As time passes, the wooden bridge is replaced by a two-level concrete bridge. It is decorated with massive lions that overlook Calgary. It reminds them of their father's promise. They feel safe and protected. But soon they are reminded they are outsiders in this country. Canadian authorities impose a toll fee to discourage Chinese from crossing the bridge. The fee is increased several times until it is the equivalent of two years' wage. Still undeterred, Chinese seek a better life in Gold Mountain. Eventually, the bridge is completely closed to the Chinese. It is during this dark period of history that Master Ugem passes away. Miss Yin and Master Yang cannot return to pay their respect. Separated, some do not see their families in China again. For others, it is decades. The bridge is closed for 24 years. Miss Yin and Master Yang are fortunate to be together. Though the order of Ugam cares for them like family, now orphans, they have only each other. Here's some trivia for you. Hua Chao is the Chinese word used to describe overseas Chinese. Hua Chao also means bridge. It is thought that people are a bridge between China and other countries. Speaking of bridges, the Center Street Bridge is more than 100 years old. Several billboards commemorate that. Let's face the river again. To your right, you will see the billboards about the bridge. Let's meet there next. The closure of the bridge creates problems for the Chinese community. For example, there are many more men than women. This creates a bachelor society. The lonely men turn to gambling, drink, and other vices. They are discouraged from dating Canadian women. Some industries even forbid them to associate. 
For Chinese women, jobs are harder to find and were usually menial. Women earn less than the men. They also have less respect in both the Canadian and Chinese community. Miss Yin was one of the luckier ones. The letters she writes home for the bachelors are heartbreaking. Written in Chinese script, they would have a poetic quality in English and sound something like this. Dear younger brother, a river separates us, but it may as well be an ocean. As you know, the work here is very difficult and difficult to find. There is not much else to fill the time. We are just a bunch of bachelor men working long days with lonely nights. We sleep in rooming houses where the beds are rented by the hour. The bed still warm from the man before you. We long for home and the blessings of family. Please do not tell Mama and Baba of these hardships. With lower pay and higher expenses, it is difficult for me to save money. I have saved and sacrificed and am sending what I can. I fear it is just a pittance. Please honor me by caring for our younger siblings. If you can, indulge their sweet tooth. As always, pay my respect to Pawpaw and Gongong. May the gods keep you all safe and sound and in good health until we have the fortune to reunite again. Your humble servant and loving older brother. To get to our next stop, please head towards the Center Street Bridge. Take the zigzag ramp up the bridge and walk towards downtown. Along the way, take note of the beautiful fish design under the bridge. Return to it sometime. In the cement, you will see remnants of wooden posts from a prior structure. Perhaps it was the bridge used by Miss Yin and Master Yang. Are you heading towards the Calgary Tower? The Calgary Chinese Senior Center is the large building on your right. It has classrooms on the second floor and a big common room on the main floor plus offices. The majestic front entrance faces west and features two Fu Lions, but everyone usually enters from the side door. Do not cross the street at the intersection. Instead, stand in place and turn to the right until you see a brick gate. Take a selfie with it. Hashtag I love YYC Chinatown. Walk through the gate. Turn toward downtown and back up a little. The gate is now framing the oldest building in Chinatown. You're looking at a beautiful photo op of the protected historical building, the Canton Block. Please wait in this area for Master Ugam. Promised return passage after the railroad was built. The Chinese are swindled and few can afford to return home. Instead, they are treated with disdain and called the Yellow Plague. Then, in addition to closing the bridge to China, the government passes laws declaring the Chinese as aliens. This makes it difficult for them to integrate into Canadian society. So, as much for themselves as for the Canadians, the Chinese live together in an area known as Chinatown. Often located in less desirable places on the outskirts of town, it was a place to be less homesick through the sharing of food and culture. In Calgary, the first Chinatown was located on the backside of today's City Hall. The second Chinatown was literally pushed to the other side of the tracks when the railroad came to Calgary. Like Chinatowns across North America, both Chinatowns suffered fires, 
then rents in the second Chinatown soared due to its proximity to the train station. This motivated the Order of Ugam and many other orders to pool their money. Together, they found cheap land located far from the center of town. They applied for a development license. At city council, Alderman James Short led a protest against them. Was he a racist? Was he a nearby homeowner worried about his property value? Or was he both? His motive does not matter. What speaks is action. With the help of his sister, Master Yang took action by addressing counsel on behalf of the Chinese. Honorable Mr. Mayor and distinguished council people, we come from abroad and work hard to earn our keep. Some spend a lifetime trying to earn their passage home. Yes, we eat different foods. We have different skin tones. Some don't even speak your language. Why is this cause for complaints about our dress and petitions to stop converting an East Village garage into a theater? We are decent human beings who pay our taxes. We contribute to the economy of Calgary. We ask for the opportunity to manage our own space. Chinatown has already been moved twice in Calgary. We made a fair offer for this land. We humbly ask you approve our reasonable application. Denied the vote, it seemed likely their application would also be denied. But Master Ugam works in mysterious and wonderful ways. And in spite of all odds, the license is approved. The Canton block opens with Chinese restaurants and other businesses at street level. Rooms for the bachelor men were on the second floor. It becomes an anchor for the Chinese community. But the battle against people like James Short was never forgotten. It proved to be the first of many faced by the Chinese community. Ooh, isn't history fascinating? What else happens? For that, let's return to Sinlock Park. This time, we'll visit the part that's south of Riverfront Avenue. To get there, turn away from the brick gate and face the river again. Walk down the path beside the red railing and turn left at the end of the path. Look for the Foo Lions on the west side of the Seniors Building. Stop there and face the park for my next instructions. What happened to the mission where Miss Yin learned English? It became the Chinese United Church. The membership declined as families left Chinatown, but it's still here. The back of the church faces the park, but the original facade is on 2nd Avenue. There's a small chapel with bilingual services on Sunday mornings. The front entrance is flanked by historical plaques. Do you know why Sinlock Park is here on Riverfront Avenue? I invite you to spend the next few minutes exploring this south side of the park. When there isn't snow on the ground, you can see the yin and yang symbol on the concrete sidewalk just south of the pavilion. There are pathways to wander, or picnic tables and benches to sit on as you contemplate the next part of the story. The mission was someplace the Chinese were welcomed. Reverend Underwood donated money to help establish its first location, sharing their faith in hosting activities for children. Miss Yin began as a student, then volunteered as an English tutor. Master Yang was proud to be on the first Chinese-Canadian men's hockey team. 
Due to their status as aliens, Chinese were rejected from fighting in World War I, but the community contributed to the war effort in other ways. Master Yang sold war bonds, and Miss Yin cooked for chow mein tea fundraisers. During World War II, some Chinese insisted on joining the military. They couldn't be stopped. By now, Chinese families had been established in Canada more than 50 years. Canada was their home, and the Chinese wanted to fight for their country. Sworn to secrecy, the Chinese militia were sent on dangerous missions. They were given cyanide pills in case they were caught behind enemy lines. Their service in Asia was invaluable. After the war, Calgary's Chinatown thrives. The population doubles in 10 years. Then, under the guise of urban renewal, the city of Calgary releases a downtown master plan. It includes an eight-lane freeway from East Village through the heart of Chinatown. It was to be called the East-West Downtown Penetrator. It would have guaranteed the immediate decimation of Calgary's Chinatown. The Chinese community rallies again. Several organizations form, among them the Senlok Society. Miss Yin and Master Yang are founding members. At their suggestion, the organization takes its name from the proverb, Wai Sen Gi Lok. Being charitable gives great happiness. The society unifies more than 50 orders and associations. Again, it looked unlikely for Chinatown to win the battle. But Master Ugem works in mysterious and wonderful ways. The East-West Penetrator is stopped from ruining Chinatown. Miss Yin loves coming to this area to gaze at the hillside. Taking long walks by the river, the sound reminds her of the cave. She is proud to fight for Chinatown. If it weren't for the Chinese community, you'd be in the middle of an eight-lane freeway right now. By now, Miss Yin and Master Yang live in Bowen Court on the east side of Chinatown. It was a thriving housing complex with 80 families where generations lived side by side. The children attend a school named after James Short who opposed the Chinese. The federal government displaces those families to appropriate the land. It's a site where the Harry Hayes building now stands. Some wonder if this action was retaliation for stopping the freeway. This area is also considered, on paper, to be within the boundaries of Chinatown. Regardless, the displacement of Bowen Court's residents was a contributing factor to the decline of Calgary's Chinatown. Many of the displaced families moved to the suburbs. With decreasing enrollments, the James Short School is closed. It becomes a parkade, so his presence still overshadows Chinatown. If you ask me, the school closure was the beginning of the end for Chinatown. Now go to the corner opposite the Foo Lions where the tour began. When you get there, turn and face the Calgary Tower. Walk along 1st Street to 2nd Avenue. Chinatown is located on Treaty 7 territory. The corner up ahead is the former site of the Indian Friendship Center. All that remains is a totem pole. Currently, that corner features a Black Lives Matter mural. It complements the more than 10 Chinese-themed murals in Chinatown. There are plans in motion for the plaza to become a community park. Across the street is one jewel of Chinatown, the Chinese Cultural Center. The museum in the basement celebrates Chinese culture, 
There's an entire room dedicated to the history of Calgary's Chinatown. You can even see copies of the documents Master Yang referred to. On the last corner is our destination, Waikwan Manor. You can recognize it by the Chinese-style roof over the wheelchair ramp. Feel free to explore this section of Chinatown, but do not proceed past the bench beside the glittery lion dance mural. The Chinese community celebrates as Calgary goes through periods of boom and bust. So too Chinatown changes and adapts, adding red lamps, garbage bins, and benches before the Olympics. But history repeats itself, doesn't it? Just a few years ago, the community mobilizes once more to fight a development permit. Among the many requests is land use change affecting building height and density. Waikwan Manor is the first seniors home in Chinatown. It is built to the maximum allowable height, 15 stories. The application asked to double that height. Fortunately, Master Ugam works in mysterious and wonderful ways. The project is still under discussion. Come now to Waikwan Manor. Beside the ramp is a corner window. If you peek through the plants, you'll see the common area. If you're lucky, you'll catch sight of Miss Yin or Master Yang, who have come to their final home. Miss Yin wanted to greet you herself, but adhering to social distancing, she has written a letter to you instead. Friends, did you know there are four seniors' residences in Chinatown? It's a very walkable neighborhood, except for the traffic that speeds through the playground zone. I can speak Chinese in the shops and go for Chinese food. There is a lot to do with our families when they visit. There is also a lot to do here at Waikwan. Daily morning exercises and ping pong, weather permitting. Each day of the week has regularly scheduled activities. On Monday, there's jazzercise and ESL. On Tuesdays and Fridays, we play mahjong. Before COVID, Wednesday featured opera singing and choir practice. Now there's just bingo. On Thursday, a small group enjoys karaoke. In the summer, we tend our community garden in the courtyard. Every month, we get our hair cut by volunteers. Every quarter, we celebrate birthdays. Every year, we have events for seasonal holidays. My favorite is the Chinese New Year Banquet. Chinatown is more than a place for cheap noodles and dumplings. Chinatown is often the first point of contact for Asian immigrants to the city. Chinatown is a place to practice and celebrate cultural traditions. Chinatown is a residential neighborhood and my home. I met Miss Yin shortly after the pandemic started. She looks like many of the ladies in Chinatown, but they are much older than they look, many in their 90s. Waikwan has several residents over 100 years old. Let's walk down 2nd Avenue until we are across from the front of the Chinese United Church. Stop at the taxi zone before the fire hydrant. Master Ugan has traveled through time to enlist our help. He will escort us through a time worm for a glimpse of the future. Welcome to the future. It's 
really not as far away as you think. See this towering development? It was one of the last big parcels of land to be developed in Chinatown. It sat quietly as a parking lot for decades. On one wall was a Chinese serpent mural with a robot drinking bubble tea. At night, you could see the lights in the courtyard at Wai Quan Manor. Hear the wind? See how the building is too tall for sunlight to get through. The wind tunnels and shadows are the result of land use changes in Chinatown. Some stakeholders are silenced by the challenge of language and technology. New plans are envisioned for Chinatown, but the recommendations were not binding, so council had no accountability. Now this building nearly twice the height of Wai Quan Manor dominates Chinatown. Sure, it has some token Asian adornments on the outside, but it contributes nothing to the economic and cultural health of Chinatown. It was approved because few Calgarians gave it a thought. On Third Avenue, the changes in Chinatown send the Chinese away. Seniors stumble on the snowdrifts created by bike lanes. Removal of parking causes many problems for the businesses. With no alleys in Chinatown, deliveries cannot be made, though it doesn't really matter since all the parking has been removed. An idea to return the James Short Parkade to the community falls through. In addition to parking, it could have provided money to upkeep the community. Other good ideas fall on deaf ears. Please help Miss Yin and Master Yang. You've seen all that could be left of Chinatown if we're not careful. Like the facade of the Chinese United Church, Chinatown could be a shell of what it is now. Heritage buildings are priceless and cannot be salvaged once they are gone. Chinatown is a living museum. It's the history and heritage of Chinese Canadians, their struggles, their triumphs, and the legacy of their perseverance. Don't let this future happen. Educate yourself and get involved. Pay attention to land use changes and development applications. Chinatowns across North America are disappearing at an alarming rate. This isn't just an issue for Calgary. Lethbridge has just one building left from its Chinatown. Like the grain elevators across the prairies, we've taken Chinatown for granted. Nobody will notice until it's too late. How does the story of Master Ugam's blessing end? You tell me, dear listener. You tell me. <laughs> For more information about the ongoing issues in Calgary's Chinatown and for links and further resources and research, please visit our website at theaterjupiter.com explore. Wherever you live, please consider supporting a Chinatown near you before it's too late. Before they disappear, I hope you have the chance to visit Chinatowns across the globe. For those of you who are able, please return to enjoy Calgary's Chinatown. When you do, remember the first Chinese who risked their lives coming to Gold Mountain. They fought for our country and were good stewards. They saved the riverfront from becoming a highway. From the memorial plaques around the sculpture in search of Gold Mountain, I have taken snippets of text to create this found poem. On the Benches at Sinlock Park Donated for your enjoyment, in honor of our pioneering forefathers, in loving memory of our beloved father and grandfather, 
may we follow in his footsteps. Artist and philosopher, the Candy Apple Man, first-generation Canadians, native Calgarians, proud Calgarians, ever remembered with love and gratitude for immigration from China to Canada. Well done, thou good and faithful servant who cared for our community. Welcome back to our world. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would really appreciate if you left us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help others discover this project. If you want to hear more of this writer's work, you can head over to the Alberta Queer Calendar Project and listen to Episode 8, Aya, Face the Facts. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Master Ugam's Blessing was written by Dale Lee Kwong and directed by Chantel Han. It featured Mike Tan and Dale Lee Kwong. This season of Explore was created and produced by me, Andrew G. Cooper. Skylar Desjardins is our production and technical manager. Sound design by Alexandra Kalman. Original music by Jonathan Lewis. And audio engineering by Kyle Marshall. Explore is produced by Jupiter Theatre with Media Lab, YYC. This season is created and presented in Mokinstis, also called Calgary, in Treaty 7 territory. We acknowledge the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Thank you for listening. I hope you weren't eaten by the lions. <laughs>